On today's show, from the Hogan family, Who's the Boss? The Charlie Brown and Snoopy Show. Singer-songwriter, Angela Lee Sloan. Hello, Mike. How are you? Welcome to my home. Let's get this interview started. <laughs> Welcome to the Mike Grand Show. And today's special guest was on the Hogan family, Who's the Boss, and the Charlie Brown and Snoopy Show. It's singer-songwriter Angela Lee Sloan. Hey, Angela. Hello. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. So you're outside. It's a beautiful day where you are. It's a beautiful day yes. where I am, too. Yes, it's really nice. It's a perfect day. It's supposed to get hotter, though, but I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be like 83 over here today. Yeah, and then by by Friday, it's going to be like 98. Yep. <laughs> gotta love it. Gotta love it. L.A. <laughs> so you're in L.A. right now, and you've been in L.A. for a long time, right? Because you're yes. an actress. Yes. Can you tell us how you get started, how you got started in acting? Yes. Um, well, I came, I, I was born in England. My family um, are all English and my mom and dad were going through a divorce and my mom's sister and mom were living here. So we moved to America and I was about three and a half at the time. And about five years old, my mom loved garage sales. We were at a garage sale. They never had them in England. You had boot sales where you put things in your trunk and your boots. And so we'd stop at all these garage sales. My mom would give me a dollar. You have a dollar, you know, you can pick whatever you want. So anyway, I was messing around with a quarter and a dime. And this woman was like, your daughter's adorable. She's really, you know, this is my card. I'm an agent. Um, call me. I'd love to set her up for commercials and acting and whatnot. And my mom was not too sure about it. She was a singer herself in, in England and uh, she talked to my aunt about it. My aunt's like, ah, don't, don't, don't do anything about it. So she was at work one day and wrestling through her purse, found this card and just decided, well, what have I got to lose? I'll give her a call. And it turned out it was Colleen Vidal from Herb Tan and Associates. And they took me on and I just started working. I started getting commercials and booking all different kinds of things. And I loved it. I was a little ham, so. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how it all started. Do you remember what your very first commercial was? Yes, actually. It was a Polaroid commercial with Danny Kaye. And it was a really special commercial. Danny Kaye had never done commercials before. And it was like a three-minute commercial. And they had two-minute versions. And it was um, a really big deal. I played like his granddaughter. And uh, it was really me. It was really me. And then you went on and you got some guest appearances on some shows, right? So yes, I shows, did. You got I did The Incredible Hulk. Yep. I did Love Boat. Um, Hotel. Hotel. Yep. All kinds of, you know, different things before I did Who's the Boss for um, a few years. Yep. And, so and then I, sorry. That, that's okay. 
I was just going to say, um, before who's the, we talk about who's the boss, can you tell us a little bit about um, what it was like working on just like the love boat? Oh my gosh, that was so special. Um, it was with Florence Henderson from, uh, of course, the Brady's and I was in awe of her and I, we were supposed to be orphans and we get adopted by, by, it was the country western jamboree. It was a two hour special. So I was ecstatic. I was a huge Brady Bunch fan and so the fact that I got to work with her was, she was just so, so neat and so special. And I, I loved, I was a big fan of the love boat. So getting to meet Gopher and getting to meet the doc and it was uh, just something I'll never forget. I think it was my 12th birthday. I celebrated on either my 11th or my 12th birthday. And I just remembered the doc, uh, Bernie, he was just so sweet and we would make faces at each other and he was just lovable. It was just really good experience really nice experience. And then afterwards you got on Who's the Boss? Yes, yes. I, I came on uh, uh, as just a one episode. I just did one episode as Julia, her dinghy airhead friend. And um, and the next week my agent called and said, they want you guys back, you girls back the following week. I'm, oh, this is great. And then the phone calls kept coming and uh, we went on to do three years. I went on to do three years on the show. And what was your favorite time um, filming on Who's the Boss? Do you have any favorite memories of that show? Oh my gosh, so many. There, there was, it was me, Nicole Eggert and, and Tanya Crow and Shauna Lane Block and, and um, we were all friends outside of, uh, outside of acting and Alyssa Milano, of course. And uh, we just, we had a lot of fun. We used to go to all the Alfie soda pop parties and, and all kinds of stuff. But I, I'm trying to think of a favorite moment. We were there for Christmas. Uh, Tony Danza was always such a generous, loving uh, host. He'd get us all bouquets of flowers before every performance. And then it was Christmas and we got this really cool watch. Uh, just really, you know, intimate, intimate fun things. Yeah, and then um, you became the voice of Lucy on the Charlie yeah. Brown and Snoopy show. Can you tell us yes. about that? That's pretty cool. It was, it really was pretty cool. Um, it started when I was um, eight years old. I'd come into Kali Vidal's office where we'd do voiceover auditions and I auditioned for Lucy and um, then got the part and um, came to set we we I did various different specials as well as the cartoon series and um but it was it was really uh it was really something neat getting to work with Charles Schultz and Bill Melendez and they'd take us individually in into the studio and we'd each do our own parts and um yeah it was really really something special Glenn Glenn sound and we were there for I was Lucy for about three and a half, four years, but it was the longest, longest running Lucy, Charles Schultz had said. Um, so it was really exciting time and something special because I was from England. I really didn't know Charlie Brown at the time and my mom didn't know. So we were oblivious. And of course we've, we've come to know and love, uh, you know, all the cartoon series, but at the time we were so Oh, <laughs> it was uh, it was just something neat. Were you looking to get into voiceover work or was that something that just kind of happened at the moment? Well, your agent, our agent would send us out on commercials, voiceover work, um, you know, television roles, you know, the gamut, whatever's out there. 
So you'd go into the agent's office to record your sessions. And um, it just became, you know, part of one of the daily things, one of the interviews that you'd go on. And uh, that one, they uh, they auditioned everybody, you know. And uh, so it was really special to get that. It wasn't, no, it wasn't sought after. It wasn't sought after doing voiceovers. It just uh, naturally happened. Now, did you find it any easier or did you find it harder as opposed to appearing in front of a camera? Oh, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I found it very easy. And they make it really, um, really lovely. They made it really nice for us. We weren't, um, we'd go to school, then we'd go, you know, we'd go in for like a half an hour and they would say, okay, you got it. You got it. <laughs> so I just loved it. I still do voiceover. I still do a lot of voiceover work. And then finally, after all those years, you were on Who's the Boss, the Charlie Brown Snoopy show, you got a recurring character role on the Hogan family. So can you yes. tell us how that got started? Well, that was really interesting because I, I believe I, re I replaced someone in the middle of the week. So when I'd auditioned, I had no idea that the role was already in play. I had auditioned on a Tuesday and then the next day, I almost I almost missed the call that I'd gotten a call back to come back to the producers, and um, I I made it and I got the call that I was working the next day, and we were taping the following day, <laughs> and I was like, wow! And it was just a one episode. Um, again, it was just a one episode character, Brenda, this tough girl, you know, Willie's girlfriend. And I thought, well, it was, it was hilarious. Like the, the audience loved it. They, they really went crazy. And I was working with Josie Bissett as the other girlfriend of, of um, Jeremy, Jeremy Licht and, um, and Danny Ponce, of course, as, as, as Willie. And I remember afterwards, like, it was just so euphoric and we'd had such a, we, we had such a great time. I knew Danny um, since I was little, we'd done a Duncan Hines commercial when we were like seven or eight, and I'd known him. Uh, we did a we did a Pryor's Richard Pryor's place um, where uh, we so I'd known him forever, and I I didn't know Jeremy. I thought and when I walked on stage, Jeremy came over and he's like Angela. He's like you know Lisa. Lisa was a. a um, a friend of mine from a show I used to do at the Roxy when I was growing up, I sang and we performed in at the Roxy for over three years. So he knew my friend Lisa and it was just this small world. And it was really a, it was, it was just a amazing, amazing experience. We had so much fun. So after this first episode, um, I remember Josie was like, Angela, they're going to bring you back. Uh, I know they're going to bring you back. And I said, I don't know. Look at my character. She's so rough. She's so, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's going to kill this poor guy. And uh, she's like, I just know it. And I got, the, we got the call the following week. You're back the next week. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. I'm back. And uh, then again, I worked that second week and not even halfway into it. I got a, my agent got a call saying they want you next week. Um, and the episode's going to be written around your character and it's the final episode of the season. And it was the prom proms, lies and videotapes. And it was just so interesting because here, Danny and I, we, we weren't in school. I didn't go to my prom. He didn't go to his prom. And here we were getting to go to our prom. And I remember they, they were, they were such a lovely, uh, 
a lovely group, everybody, and they they came to me and the writers said, what song do you want to dance to as the main dance? And I was like, I get to choose it? I get, so they gave me three options, or I gave me three options and I, I went with, um, I don't know much, Linda Ronstan and Aaron Neville. Anyway, it was just so, it was really neat. It was really special. And that's when we got the call from um, saying that they wanted you back next season as a series regular. And I was just over the moon, over the moon. Yep, so it all started as a little one-time gig and then turned into a full-time position. So you had some um, interesting episodes in there that were fun. You also worked at a um, fast food joint as well. So what I wanna know too is have you, besides acting, did you ever have any other part-time jobs that you could relate to when you were in your character with the fast food place? Oh yes, I worked at pizza parlors where I was like at a small little pizza shop owned by a brother and sister. And I'd come in just to do van driving. And then I ended up doing the dishes like every day, like this huge big sink of dishes. And I was like, this is not what I signed up for. (laughs) So yeah, I could relate to that. I could relate to that. (laughs) <laughs> yep, you're like, oh, I got out of working at a fast food place and here I am back at a fast food place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All this way up and boom. <laughs> so what what are your fun memories of working with Dan Danny Ponce, Jeremy Licht on the show? Oh my gosh. We had so we were we were all really good friends outside of outside of it. So we'd hang out in each other's uh trailers, watch Oprah um you know just talking about all our friends what we were doing this weekend where we were going and it was really a magical time and and the last season danny and i were both in school jeremy had just graduated so he didn't have to do schooling and he would laugh him and jason would be like ha ha you guys have to go to school and we're like yeah ha, ha. at 10 o'clock we get to leave <laughs> so there were pros and cons there were pros and cons but it really was like um it was so much fun. It was that was probably my my favorite working experience ever. And then the show was on NBC. Um, you came at the end of season five, yeah. and then they moved it to CBS. Yes, How was that transition like for you? And when you found out the show was moving to a different network, what was everybody's reaction towards that? Well, you know, hopeful, hopeful that it would get promoted or it would get that extra uh, that extra oomph, but. It seemed, you know, we were going from a from a weekday night to a Saturday night, and uh, so there were there were there were some hangups there, um, but we were hopeful. We had uh, John Jonathan Hillerman had joined the cast, and he was so amazing. Him and his stories um, were just amazing. So I just had I had hope that of course and i just finally got a an official role i showed up on the sixth season and i had my chair my name like inscribed like before just a sticker with your name on it and still that's great but i had my own chair i was just so excited I'm like this is it <laughs> so yeah it was it was um it was very disappointing especially to come on and have that such a high and then oh yeah, it, it made no sense to me towards the end how they just shoved it on Saturday night and then just kind of let it go away. I mean, it was a ratings winner for NBC. It actually, you know, was higher than the lead-in at 
times. Yeah. Which yeah. It's kind of crazy that, you know, they just kind of tossed it away and then burned off the last couple episodes in the summertime. But yeah, it was very disappointing. Um, but we had a we had a such an amazing time. Yeah, uh, on the show. I mean, it was a great show. It still stands the test of time. If you go back and you watch those episodes. And one of the funny moments you did have in there, too, was with Danny and Jeremy and Josie Pissette. You had an outdoor scene in a car. Yeah. Remember what episode I'm talking about? If you could tell us a little bit about that one. Yes. That was hilarious. Um, they had a used car. We were going on a date, a double date. And we get out there and Danny's got plans to keep the top down and be all smooth and try to, I think that was the first episode I did actually was used car. And um, he's trying to, you know, get frisky with me and I'm not having it. And he's just miserable. And then it starts to rain and we go to turn up the roof and it won't go up. Uh, so that was hilarious to do on a soundstage, you know, with it raining and we're stuck in this car and, it was um, it was just really great. It was it was a it was a really funny episode and very uh, technically <laughs> with the rain falling on you. It's, it was a blast. It was a blast. And like we mentioned too, um, you were Willie's girlfriend, and Mark had a girlfriend who was Josie Pissette, who later went yeah. on to Melrose Place and a bunch yeah. of other things. Do you have any favorite memories or moments with Josie? Oh, I loved her so much. She was such a sweet. Um, sweet girl we um you know we would hang out and and chat and uh she was a little she was a couple years older than me and um she was just really a sweet sweet kind person yeah we all had a really good time yeah and, and then also you were there with sandy duncan josh taylor jason bateman so did you have much interaction with those guys, even though you didn't have many scenes, most of the scenes were with the twins, but did you talk to them? As yes, well? I would, but not as much as, as uh, because we were, you know, there's, there's age gaps and, but they were all lovely, but we would, you know, as kids, we were just all hanging out together, but they were, they were wonderful. I remember driving to work one day and I was new, a new driver and, and I'm on the freeway and, I'm going to work to to Hogan family, and I see get on Sunset Boulevard onto the 405, Sandy Duncan, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, <laughs> she's like, hey. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Like, when do you ever see someone on the freeway that you know? And yet, I see Sandy on the way to work to go see her. <laughs> and then towards the end of the series, when the series did get canceled. Um, you know, how was that like for you? What did you then, like, did you think, oh my God, what what's gonna be my next gig? How did you go on from there? Well, you just, like anything, you know, it was it was a, definitely a gift getting to work on the show and it was a gift that kept on giving, to be honest. So I felt lucky to have had such an experience, but of course you're always nervous about the next, what's, what's coming up next and, um, you know, where's it gonna take you? And uh, I remember the, the rap party was just amazing. Every, every rap party, they had started off with all the bloopers throughout the year. And I remember this one was really special because it was the end of the season. And everybody was just shocked, to be honest, that the show had been canceled. 
And I remember that the song was Shower the People uh, by James Taylor. And I remember just like being so overwhelmed. And Danny, I felt more uh, heartache for, for Danny and Jeremy because they'd been doing the show for six years now. So I felt more heartache for them because I felt it. I'd been there a year now and just loved these people. Everyone on the set was like friends. It was a, it was a wonderful crew and a wonderful group of people, really, sincerely. So it was really, um, it was really touching to, to have this, you know, this, I'll never forget that rap video or the, 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 um, the blooper reel, as they call it. But it was really nice. It was in Marina Del Rey and it was such a fancy event, but we were all just emotionally like, oh my goodness. And then after that rap party and you started going on looking for other gigs, what are some of the things that you did after the Hogan family? I did, um, right after Hogan family, I did an episode of, I did a soap opera just for a couple of days, um, One Life to Live. And then I, I, um, I, I went to, I, I, had to, I had to figure out something to do work-wise. And I ended up going into radio. And I spent a lot of my time as an executive at K-Rock. And then I went uh, to Star 98.7 and worked with clients and promotions. And I kind of just got involved in work. And, um, of course, I was still acting because I'd do commercials for my clients on the radio stations. And then the radio stations would go, oh, Angela, come do a spot for us. Come do a spot for us. So... I ended up wearing a lot of hats, but I loved being in radio. I was in radio for 17 years. And then when I got pregnant with my daughter, um, I decided it was time to leave and take a break and be a mom. And when that happened, that's when I started re-looking back into acting. And um, so I've been, I've been, you know, auditioning, doing what I can. I've gotten a couple of roles. I did an episode of Shameless. I did an episode of um, Animal uh, Animal Kingdom. Um, I did a video game. I've done some commercials. And so it's really kind of like starting over again. But I love it. I also started writing and singing my music that I've been doing forever, which is uh, one of my big loves. And I did a, an EP and put an EP out um, of my music and, and just kind of reinventing myself, really. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. So you write your own songs, correct? Yes. And yes. Tell us, what, how do you, what is the writing process for you like? What kind of um, inspiration do you get? I just, I'm always, I'm always a melody. I love, I love, I love music, all kinds of music. And, and um, my mom's a singer. My dad's a singer. Everyone plays in our family. If you didn't play or sing, <laughs> you know, it was just what? So um, I've always just, I, I find a melody. I find a melody that I like and I'd hum it and I'd go, oh, I love that. And then I teach myself to find the chord because I'm not a trained guitarist. I trained I, I trained in piano, but um, I wanted to pick up the guitar when I started writing. When I was probably like 23, I started really hunkering down on guitar. Once I could play a couple chords, then I wrote my first song. And it's really always like a song or a, a melody I have, a lyric, 
and then I'll go, I'll, I'll work it backwards. I'll figure out the chords that I'm playing and uh, go from there. And what kind of music um, do you make? Um, it's, How would you describe your sound? It's kind of like, a, it, it's a pop, uh, it's like a Pink, a Katy Perry, a Sheryl Crow, singer-songwriter vibe. Um, you know, I like classic rock, but I also like pop music, um, indie, you know, it's all, it's, it's, uh, it's all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> and your music's been featured in a couple shows, correct? Yes. Yes, it has intelligence on CBS. Um, I had another placement on. I'm blanking on the names right now, but yeah, I've had a couple of placements on shows, so it made it official. I'm officially, um, uh, you know, a, a working musician. <laughs> you had one on Cinemax, Outcast. Yes, thank yeah. you, thank you. Yes, yes. And and how did these come about? Did they seek you out, or did you try to seek them out? How did they get put into the shows? Well, I had um, I had been playing out, and I had. Um, made contact with a publisher, a publishing company who submit your songs for placement. And um, I gave them three songs to rep for me. And um, it's literally just like you get an email saying your song has been chosen in intelligence channel. So um, it was uh, really exciting, really exciting. And are you working on any new music now? I am. I am. I've kind of taken a break during um, this whole crazy world we live in because my daughter's at home. We're doing school at home. Um, but uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get going. I just was vaccinated last week. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it's time to move forward. So um, yeah, I really want to... Um, I, I, I've been writing since, since I've been home. And um, I've got a couple couple of songs that I want to do as well as Out of the Blue. I want to record that. So that's the next step. And speaking of Out of the Blue, we have a little surprise for the viewers at home that you're actually going to come back here in a little bit and sing Out of the Blue for us. Yes, I am. But before we do that, I want to play with you the lightning round. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a couple things, and you just tell me which one you prefer. Okay. So do you prefer the ocean or a lake? Ocean. Don't like. I don't like lakes. Doritos or Fritos? Doritos. Would you rather call someone or text someone? Call someone. Indoors or outdoors? I think I know the answer to this. Outdoors. <laughs> outdoors. I live out here. <laughs> Do we have a TV behind you and a lanai? We live outside. Bacon or eggs? Oh, bacon. The Home Alone movies or the Problem Child movies? The Problem Child movies, because you know the Problem Child is Danny's brother, right? Is it really? Ponzi's brother, yeah. Which one? Because there were there the were redhead. the redhead, the original one. I think maybe the because I think there were two, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, there were two, and I think he was the second one. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. See, we're we learn all the time on this show. I'm telling you, we're, we're very educational. This show. Yes, we are. Slot <laughs> <laughs> machines or roulette? Hmm. Slot machines. 
Are you a morning person or a night owl? Night owl. Cats or dogs? Dogs. But I love cats too, but dogs. <laughs> if you, if, would you rather receive a gift or would you rather just get the cash? Oh, a gift. Gift, gift, gift. Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Dawson's Creek? Buffy. And are you a little bit country or a little bit rock and roll? I'm a little bit of both, but I'm more rock and roll. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for playing the lightning round. Angela, you're going to come back with us in a second, and we're going to have you perform your new song, Out of the Blue. All right. Everybody, here is Angela right now singing Out of the Blue. Something new, something about it. 
much that was awesome great job thank you thanks mike thank, thank you for you. having me or for me being here in my backyard or <laughs> you're <laughs> or welcome us. thank you for joining us here today and why don't you tell all the viewers at home you know where they can see your music and how they can contact you yes um facebook uh facebook i have in my own music page called angela lee sloan music so please come and follow me there um and thank you so much for having me, Mike. You're welcome. And thank you guys for watching today. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.